The following podcast is an enticing media production. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You are now socially obligated to pour yourself a drink and welcome to the Drunk Squirrel. Equipment's important, but also how you use it is very important. Hey, and again, it's that end product. What's that end result? Because, <laughs> well, if you're using your equipment right, the end result is positive. That's right. right. <laughs> Always. I'm really hoping you're recording at this point. Oh, absolutely. Great. Because <laughs> this is like the perfect opening. Uh, I'm not an idiot. I heard where this was going. And I'm like, I need the record button before I do anything. You don't even have headphones on yet. No, I don't. <laughs> I do now. I get to use the fancy headphones. Too. Yes, you do. But I've and been talking about getting another uh, set of headphones too for myself because we just got the cheap ones. When we started all of this, we bought just the, some cheap Sony's, like on Amazon or whatever, just to get it kicked off. Yeah, but again, I mean, it's that series of upgrades that you've been progressively building towards. Sure. <laughs> one step at a time. One, one, one step at a one time. Ste- one step at a time. Now we have two interfaces, though, so that's nice. Yeah, yeah, well, and I mean, we've gone a long way from you being in a corner with no desk to actually having a desk here. Yes, and, and I'm I'm a click away from ordering a desk because Jeremy saw me measuring earlier. That's right. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still in the corner, so. Yeah. We, and we, and Jeremy and, and has, that's where I started, and now I've taken over Kenny's little, I call it the gimp desk behind <laughs> his back. The next time we do this, there'll be a different desk there. There will be a desk. There will be a desk, not whatever that is. <laughs> There's at least a comfy chair in the corner for guests. It's not. We've Jeremy confirmed it's not comfy at all. Am I the first guest to just be honest and yeah, say you are. it's not comfy? Did we ask anybody else? No, we haven't. I feel like... <laughs> We've just started with the, you get the comfy chair in the corner. Jeremy's friend enough that you can ask that question. I know he will give you the, the actual answer, I, I too. I actually will. Yeah. So... Uh, since we're into this and we've kind of semi-introduced our guest, would you like to actually officially introduce? Everybody knows that his name is Jeremy now. Yeah, we've started with that, but how much of the world population has the name Jeremy? A lot, yeah. probably. Yes, a lot. So we're not talking to all Jeremys. No, we're not. That's so a pretty big responsibility to represent all Jeremys. It absolutely is. And when I was born, it was one of the top five names chosen. So wow. most of them are, you know. In their mid-40s at this point. Okay. Such as you, right? Yeah. We're not giving away numbers. <laughs> no. Everybody knows how old I am. Kenny's the old man in the room. It's true. Jeremy and I are close to the same age. We are fairly close. So very, very close to being the same age. So, but anyway, so our guest on this episode is, uh, at first, is our friend, our good friend, Jeremy Schreifels. Jeremy is a lot of things, and I'm certain I won't get all of them correct. He is a musician. Is that correct? Still correct. Okay. You've been a traveling, not, not a traveling musician, but you know, you've been on the road for quite some, uh, you know, quite a bit in your life. Right. Um, and Jeremy, as I said, is a great friend. Uh, he is an entrepreneur. He is a coach. He is a husband, a father. And he is in our studio live today. So, Jeremy, welcome. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. I mean, I don't know what better to do on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, I don't know when you air this, but it's Saturday afternoon today. Yeah. It is a gray Saturday, too. It is. Yeah, Yeah. it was sunny earlier. I flew all the way out to PA, and it's not even sunny. Well, you flew to PA in the middle of October. You're entering our, our gray period. Yeah. Yeah. This is, but it was sunny earlier. And then, uh, so, uh, Rob, you might get a kick out of this. So, earlier today, Jeremy and I went shopping. <laughs> we did. We, yeah, we went shoe shopping. <laughs> I Well, I was going to say, did you guys go to match your hair braids? Oh, wait, we're all bald in this room. Everybody's bald in this room. I'm wearing a hat, so you can't see it, but we all have the same hairdo. Yeah. yeah. We went to the same stylist. We it did. worked out well. We did, yeah. Close enough. But today, there were, Jeremy and I were two dudes buying dudes. Yeah, the <laughs> okay. second reason I came to PA. Yeah, to buy was, hey dudes. Yeah, shoe shopping. Yeah, shoe shopping. To buy dudes. Yeah. So right, you got to fill me in on this one because I'm the guy who goes to Walmart and buys cheap sneakers. Well, first off, you go to Walmart. That's 
the first problem. Hi, I grew up in Redneckia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Walmart is we, like our it, fancy store. It's 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 hilarious because we just had this conversation earlier today, where Jeremy will absolutely not go to Walmart. Mm-mm. Like his like if there's something at Walmart, his his wife has to go. Tracy has to go. <laughs> yep, that's a requirement. <laughs> okay, so it's hilarious that you said Walmart. <laughs> so I gotta share this because yes. since we're talking Walmart. Nine years ago, when Melinda and I were talking with the church and looking at moving up here and starting, uh, we, she and I drove up, and we drove around the area, and we drove by, all through the back roads, we drove by the Lebanon Walmart. Mm. Lucky you. And then we turned left and drove past the strip club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. With the CD Motel, and Melinda yes. was like, we are never living up this way. Yeah. Yeah. So every day I have to drive by the strip club and the CD hotel to go to work. So you are living that way. <laughs> we are living I mean, that way. To, to be but fair, you just... don't live near the CD motel no. or anything, anything like that. No, but so. I have to drive by it. But it was just, it was funny because we went in there and we drove by the, the strip club and everything. She's like, there's no way we're living anywhere near this. And okay. You, you're being very generous calling it a strip club too, by the way. I... It, 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 a hole in the wall with semi-naked ladies. It's an adult bookstore with like private rooms. <laughs> oh, so you've been in there? No, uh-huh. but that's what it is. No, I have been in one time actually. Yes, <laughs> because I we had to buy a um, we had to buy a gag Christmas gift. The place I was working, it was it, when there was like a new guy that at the Christmas party every year you would get him like a gag gift. So. I was chosen, hey, we're going to get him, you know. A book. A book. Yeah, a book. We did <laughs> We did not get him a book. We got him, it was rubber. <laughs> Speaking of books, didn't we have a conversation about VHS tapes yesterday? Uh, yes, I think we did. Yeah, we. Uh, was that today or was that today? That was yesterday. Yesterday? Okay. Yeah, it was the... Um, the <laughs> That, did you ever hear that story? The, the box of gay porn we found in this house after we bought it? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. What? Yeah. So in the in the garage. Okay. In in the garage, on the very top shelf, like in the corner, there was this box that was there. And, you know, we did the final walkthrough of the house the morning that we, you know, that we you know, the morning of closing. And it was just there. I'm like, oh, all right, well, whatever. We'll get rid of that box at some point. It was really so, you know, a couple of months went by, and it's like, all right, let's pull this box to see what the heck it is, get rid of it. And we pull it down, and it is an entire box of VHS gay porn. It was your housewarming gift. It was the housewarming <laughs> gift. And I, <laughs> I took it to work and put it in the dumpster because I didn't want to put it out with <laughs> <laughs> But then we learned from some of the neighbors then at that point that this was, uh, at one point, the house was a little sketchy. There was, it was known kind of as like the drug house. There was like people coming and going like all hours of the night and not not by the people. The thing was, this box made it through. We were the second owner <laughs> because we bought it from an older couple that ended up moving to Georgia after they after they sold this to us. And I'm guessing that box was up there the whole time that they owned the property because I don't think it was theirs. So, and just so everybody knows, the house is now beautiful and wonderful and an amazing home. <laughs> well, it doesn't want... look anything like what he's I... describing prior to. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like we live in a. Cesspool. Yeah, but this is also that moment going back to the conversation we were having in the kitchen where it's, yeah, okay, maybe Kenny is a little OCD about cleaning for reasons. I just, I'm, I'm just, I've always been clean, and it can't. Part of it came from when I was 14, I worked with my grandparents. My grandpa, when he retired from Kraft Foods here in, uh, was in Palmyra at the time. Uh, after a few months went by, he's like, I'm just bored. I can't just sit here. So he ended up working for this local like cleaning service and they clean like office buildings and things like that in the weekend. And I would, when I was 14, I went and cleaned with them. It was like my first job. And so that's kind of where I learned to clean. So I, I like to clean. And he does a fine job. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm mean, really good. Better than anything I do. Mm, 
That's not true. Uh, I've never been to your house though. You don't. In, my house is a you mess. Don't I have me to two your house. little mon. I love my little kids. <laughs> they're not little kids. I no, love my kids. kids. Yeah, Ray is almost taller than me now, which is yeah. terrifying. Yeah, but, he's he's sprouting. Yeah, I mean, teenager and preteen girl. The house is a mess constantly, and it's just you know we get home and it's. Did you do your chores? No. Okay, come on. It's like pulling teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So it is what it is. But I like clean, you know, just the way I am. So my expectation is I'll have a clean house when my kids move out. There you go. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. I'm almost out. Yeah. So you have kids. I do have two kids. Yep. You That was mentioned a little bit earlier. How old are they? Uh, I have a daughter who's 20. Okay. Been living on her own for three years. And my son is about to turn 18 in, in his senior year. Oh, excellent. So, and we hardly ever see him anyway. <laughs> Self-sustaining, has his own license. and Own license. He, he's truly at that cat phase of things where it's he'll show up when he wants food or attention. Pretty much. Okay. And on Friday night, I believe that I heard, I overheard a conversation uh, that you were having with uh, Kel- Kelly's husband. Mm-hmm. about so your son's doing like landscaping and things yeah so he's been doing for the last couple of years he's built from like mowing neighbor yards and shoveling driver driveways to doing full landscape projects in the summer for clients and has a full snow removal business and he's been doing that for a couple of years and like that's his aspiration that's what he wants to do he loves to work hard yeah loves to be outside so that's the perfect fit for him. That's the perfect fit for him. Yeah, excellent. So the entrep- entrepreneurial blood runs deep. Yeah. Both kids get it. That's really cool. All right. So you are an entrepreneur. I, I kind of have an idea of a few things you do, but it seems like there's more to, well, everything you do than what I know. Uh, yeah. And you have to, so I feel like we want you to dive into it a little bit, but Let's go with Danny's advice. You told us Danny's advice was maybe sometimes you don't tell the whole story. <laughs> right? You you alluded to that fact that possibly you don't tell the whole story. And Danny's always... like, you got to go further. Yeah, how far can you go? He's like, you have like the like Sears Tower elevator spit, Pete. You know, pitch because <laughs> yeah. there's just so many layers. You got to get from the beginning to the end. Yeah, and kind of skip a few things in the middle. Yeah, that, there are a lot of things that you're involved in that I just know little little bits and pieces of, or things that even you have in the works that are. There's a lot of massive things that you're working on. Um, so whatever you're comfortable with sharing, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, if you wouldn't mind. Where do I begin? <laughs> can, can I toss something you to begin with? Absolutely. So you're a musician. I. I heard one of your songs. Kenny and Nell played it on their radio show. It's mm-hmm. made it onto my workout list. Awesome. But you are a musician. What What does that even entail? Like, Well, some would argue because I'm a drummer at heart, and that's what I've made a living on for at least almost two decades now, that I just hang out with musicians. <laughs> but I like to think I contribute just a little bit more. I, I, can, I don't believe that at all. <laughs> well, I was going to say, well, now, hold on. I was also talking to a musician last night who was like, hey, we replaced our drummer with this little electronic box. Yeah. So we're going back to the disco era. Ugh, getting yay. real live drummers. <laughs> I, I, I hate to hear that kind of stuff. Uh, he was goofing with it because it failed like three times throughout the show he was doing. But what, you're a drummer, so you're a musician. You kind of hang out with them. You create stuff. You're in a band. I mean, there's a lot a musician can be. Right. Fill and in so, the gaps. Yeah. And so I think that that's something really important that I always share is like as a musician, and I even like to be beyond that and just say as a creative, somebody who creates, like you have to have a massive amount of things to begin. And so I started with um, being a private teacher, playing live gigs. I taught high school marching band and, and drumline. Um, I did lots of writing and arranging. I was a theory comp major in college, so I'm kind of a music nerd, so to speak. I get into the, the nerdy part of music. But what I really loved was the creating part. So as a drummer, it gave me more opportunities to work in studios and be creative, which led me into producing music. And that's really where the creative side of me comes out because I love the opportunity to transform something as simple as a guitar and a lyric mm. into what you hear now on your workout. Um, and so 
I really love that part of it. So from the producing, the writing, the arranging, the mixing, the, the putting the right people together, creating a collaborative environment, because that's where creatives thrive is when they're with other creatives. We don't thrive in a box. We don't <laughs> thrive in a corner. That Yes, that's very true. I, I've seen how that crushes a creative spirit is that box that, yep. yeah, they need to be able to flow. Which is kind of funny because that's what you're starting to experience, but we'll maybe talk about that another time. Sure. I, I mean, Nell is the creative of our relationship. I call bullshit. She, For the moment. She is. She's, 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 I call. she's wildly creative, and it's been awesome to watch the two of you create together and, you know, not in any official capacity, but I feel like you, you two were just meant to meet somewhere along the line mm-hmm. and it has turned into, uh, you know, a beautiful friendship that we all have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's awesome to the point where you flew in here from Minnesota and staying in our house. All right. So, I'm, I'm going to aside real quick. Sorry. I call definite bullshit on that because you're starting to thrive and flourish as well. And we'll, we can focus on that another yeah, I time. Mean, we're, but we're, I want to focus on Jeremy. Here you, you are creative. So you just on. haven't been allowed to flourish yet. <laughs> right. We can do like Kenny self talk later. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want... A little bit of Kenny self love. <laughs> is... <laughs> right there with Kenny's nuggies of wisdom. We can, we can do that, whatever. But yeah, there's just. There, we're peeling back layers of the onion that is Jeremy Schreifels. So. so in that creative space, um, I've done things in, in the graphic design and print space. I mean, that kind of got, that was my college job. I was in a print industry for a while. I owned a printing company. I've been doing graphic design and kind of media design and development for longer than I've actually been playing professionally. And so thinking about some of those kinds of things I've just that's why I say I'm a creative (laughs) and not just a musician or just a drummer which my wife hates when I say that like she's like you're way more than that you're absolutely way more than that (laughs) I'm beginning to learn that yeah and so I have kind of to skip a few floors I've been able to have the opportunity to partner with some really amazing people like my one of my business partners Danny and create a media company where I can bring music and voice and creative and video and design and all of those into one space. Um, I also have a full marketing agency with other business partners so that we can focus on the other parts of business, branding, marketing, all of those kinds of things that happen in that space. And I still maintain my studio. I'm still creating, I'm still writing. Still, I release literally a minimum of one song a month, every month, and I've been doing it since January of 2020. Okay, so that's like the three big chunks of who you are. Yeah. Is you've got that, the, uh, it's Monumental Voice, is that the name of the? Correct. So you've got that, that's your media company. Correct. You've got an advertising gig as well in there, and you've got your music stuff that you're doing. These are Mm -hmm. like the three big chunks of who you are professionally. Yeah, and I also have just launched a coaching Okay, experience. four big chunks. <laughs> so four big chunks. And it sounds big and it sounds vast and it sounds huge. Mm-hmm. What I don't do anymore is all the other 20 things that I was doing. I'm not teaching. I'm not doing those kinds of things. I don't play as many live gigs anymore. So I went from like wide and shallow to narrow and deep. Mm. And I think that that's like a good progression of how a creative needs to happen to be able to support a family, to support two kids, to have a mortgage, to kind of do all those things. Mm. And I haven't done it alone. I have an amazing partner. I have an amazing wife. She's incredible. And to be in support of a creative is not a heart, not an easy road either. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, I and I get that because I, I look at my own wife and where our journey has been. And it's, yeah, the fact that she has stuck with me through 15 years is phenomenal because she should have probably smothered me with a pillow. <laughs> and I don't fall into that same category of creative as you, but I, I get it where it's there's there's a whole process to get there. Mm-hmm. So I <clears throat> I have a question if I can. So you've recently spent some time in California. Right. Uh, I, I know you personally love San Diego 
and I can, you know, I agree. Um, but you're the business that you've been conducting in California. Is that a monumental voice? Does that fall under the monumental voice umbrella or does it fall more under the, the marketing umbrella that you're speaking so of? It stemmed from monumental voice media. Okay. The relationships and the networking that I built from that media company led me there Okay, and created that and formed that partnership for that agency, which is called Forza. And it led me there. Okay. But it's also like you said, like San Diego is probably one of, my wife and I's favorite cities in the U.S. We've been there multiple times. One of our goals is to spend more time in that space. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like something keeps drawing me out there. So whether it's the multiple trips I've made out there, I spend multiple years going to Anaheim, to NAMM, which is like the biggest music conference in the world. Mm -hmm. And now actually having a business that's functioning with partners that live in California. That's great. You have your hands in so many things. I can't, I, I feel like I know you reasonably well at this point and I can't keep it straight. I know you and Nell have like a weekly call together. Right. And I all like at the end of the day, like I'll come home, we'll be eating dinner and I'll be like, so I'll be like, what's new with you and Jeremy? And I'm like, <laughs> tell me about the call. Like, cause I legitimately want to know because obviously, I mean, you know, it's just, there's a lot of cool things. Um, going on and I genuinely want to know but on any given week like what's she going to tell me what's Jeremy involved in now yeah you know so it's cool yeah so, I suppose this is an area I can kind of jump off of as well with a question of it seems like and I don't know how direct a statement or question this is uh, in a lot of ways you've been fundamental in helping getting enticing media kind of started encouraged and launched with with encouraging now. I mean, is that a correct kind of, I think space? Jeremy can speak to that a little better than I can. But. <laughs> Here's how I would answer that question. There was already, um, enticing media was already going. It was already a thing. I met Nell at what I consider to be a pretty pivotal time in what monumental voice media was doing and what and where enticing media was going. And it actually, it was just over a year ago. Yeah, just over a year ago that that connection started and created and kind of manifest itself. And in fact, part of Monumental Voice Media pivoting our business model last fall from almost away from everything else we were doing was in fact to do with Enticey Media and Nell and kind of what her vision was with what is going on inside of that company. And it just formed an amazing partnership hmm. and part of what Danny and I's mission is with our business is those who we work with, you know, so we have a partnership Enticey media is a contractor of monumental voice media. That question came up last night. Someone's like, aren't you guys business partners? I'm like, no, we're not. It just, we hang out together a lot. We have lots of things that mesh and in, entangled in the business space, but we believe in really supporting our contractors and really getting them, you know, and one of my goals is to, you know, help enticing media grow and our other contractors, because we have other editors as well that handle other parts of our business to grow as big as they can, because we know that filling them, filling their schedule, filling their work week is only helping us. Yeah, what's good for them is also good for you yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But I really focus on like when I'm thinking about a client, I'm like, okay, how can I make Nell more busy? How can I make John more busy? How can I, you know, is there a way that I can get Kenny into this business too? Like, I'm <laughs> I think everybody's honestly. asking that. <laughs> well, I will say <laughs> what you said was perfect uh, because <clears throat> I, I didn't want to step on any toes there because – I also don't know, like, you know, I don't know how private or not private. We've, we're very open about the fact that we work together with your business, mm -hmm. but, you know, I don't know if you want, like, all your clients to know who's doing editing and things like that. I don't know that that matters. No. I, um, I can tell say, everybody. I can say this. So, in, enticing media was a thing mm -hmm. before we met Jeremy, before Absolutely. Nell met Jeremy. But I can honestly tell you that it, 
it would not be the same company at this point if it if it wouldn't have been for meeting Jeremy and for the you know that partnership that uh, Nell and Jeremy have mm-hmm. because you know it was it prov- at that at at a time when it was very necessary um, it produced a you know nobody was getting we weren't getting rich but it produced a steady flow of some business income that the business needed at that point because you reach a pivotal point in any business where you can only do it for so long if it's not supporting you. Mm-hmm. So, and it has grown since then, not just with Monumental Voice, but with other clients and things like that. But it was a pivotal point because like, you know, not just from a financial standpoint, from a mental standpoint too, because it's just like, how long are you going to plug away at this and not, you know, not see the fruits of it? Right. Um, so it it was it was pivotal in, in the growth of uh, Enticing Media. So Monumental Voice and Jeremy was pivotal in the growth of Enticing Media. We existed before, and now I feel like it's just a beautiful partnership that we all have. Not not partnership, but a beautiful it's not I don't know we know what the right word is relationship yeah, yeah. beautiful relationship that goes way beyond um, just business mm-hmm. you know it goes you know right down to we were in Florida together and just like we had a awesome time in Florida together um, that was our first time that we really spent a lot of time together right which was um, fantastic yeah and- we had met in Hershey like a year before but I saw you for like an you know, hour or two. Yeah, not much. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't much. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I add to that is I think about putting businesses together and putting people together like I put a song together. You have to do whatever best serves a song. So hmm. what's going to best serve the business mm-hmm. is finding the right people who love what they do. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, Nell loves what she does. That's 100% true. Like without a doubt. And I think you can both very much agree with that. Mm -hmm. And so I look at that as like, I want that in my business. I want that as a part of it because I'm benefiting that more so. My clients are benefiting from that in a big way. And I can tell you that every one of my clients loves her. They do. They give me feedback all the time. I also share that feedback with Nell. And I think what happens because we've built that, sort of relationship that we've been able to, um, you know, I think one of my favorite parts about our weekly meeting is Nell because she's a creative and I'm a creative and we don't live in the same space, her in the video space, me in the audio space is we can brainstorm things together and come up with ideas. I think I come up with a new business idea almost every week, if not every other week. <laughs> That's where all these new businesses come from, <laughs> from that phone call. <laughs> So I, okay, I got to admit, that's actually uh, a year and a half ago, the church I I work for, St. Andrews, we entered into a coaching and kind of mentoring relationship with an organization. And a neat part of that has been that coaching relationship, which, you know, two years ago talking to me, I would have been very skeptical about. The idea of coaching just seems stupid. But a year and a half later, it's neat because I'll sit down with who is my coach and I come out of that meeting with more ideas and energy. She comes out of that meeting as well going, oh, wow, you know, actually, that's a neat idea. And it, and it's neat how that feeds off of mm-hmm. how she and I feed off of each other in being in that creative space in our youth ministry field. So that's actually a positive. And it's encouraging to hear those things as well, that that's a piece of what has been the relationship between enticing and monumental voice and that, you know, you're getting as much energy out of it as she's getting mm-hmm. at, at brief aside, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like I've learned a lot from Jeremy, like some, somewhat through osmosis, I feel like, <laughs> like, because uh, you, Nell has the regular direct connections mm-hmm. with you. Like I, I mean, other than, you know, we, we message a lot, mm-hmm. you know, um, but you know, Nell has a direct working relationship with you, but I mean, I feel like if you take the time to observe someone that you respect, you respect them for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if you take the time to just observe like what they're doing, how they conduct themselves 
and things like that, like you're you're really missing a good opportunity to 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 grow just by you know just learning from someone else and how they conduct themselves and and things like that. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but this feels like a great moment to kind of turn around and look at you, Kenny, and say, "Hey, this is that self love we said we were going to come back to." So we didn't talk. We <laughs> sorry, we didn't talk about what we were drinking. Oh yeah. Oh geez. How far in are we? And we, we are 30 minutes in, and we haven't mentioned once on the Drunk Squirrel podcast, which actually is what you're listening to, in case you haven't figured that out at this point. Um, Normally, we hit the 10 to 15 minute mark where we yeah. go, oh yeah, what are we drinking? By the way, good diversion. We're coming back to self-love and we, we blew by it. We blew by it, and we should not. And I feel like we're going to have to have round two with Jeremy because there's way too many layers of that onion that we're just not going to get to in a reasonable amount of time. Hey, I mean, I'm, I don't know. So I'm a bit into my drink, so yeah, round two sounds fair. But what are we drinking, Jeremy? Because you definitely picked this. I did pick this. It was a, actually like a gold mine find last night on our way home from the event that I was. One of the the third reason I'm here in PA was for an event actually yesterday that Nell and I both spoke at. However, on our way home, we stopped at the liquor store and I came across um, my one of my other business partners, Aaron, and had introduced me to Booker's bourbon um, when I was out in California. And it's, um, it's incredible. It's very hard to find because they make it in small batches. They only make so many per year and it's, it's hard to find. And like on the West coast, it's extremely expensive. I happened to see a bottle of it when we walked into the store last night and I immediately sent him a message <laughs> with a picture look what I found. And here was the price of it. Well, he's like, buy them all. So <laughs> I bought all at least the ones that were on the shelf. Little did we know that when we walked up to the register, that there would be six more bottles behind the <laughs> register. So wow. in fairness, we did not buy all eight bottles. So if we need to, that might be later today. If we need to get more though, we can ship. Perfect. Okay. So we have so. at, at work at where I work, we have a daily UPS pickup. Oh. So perfect. it's very easy for me to make this work if it is necessary. So just so you know. It could be an investment in all of our futures. So but I did come home with two bottles from my friend Aaron, which I'm gonna either fly back or and or ship to him directly. But I also, as a treat, brought an extra bottle home so that we could enjoy some here and enjoy it today. So we are drinking the Booker's 23, 2023 batch number two. I, I got to latch on to something you said in that. He called it home. There's a level of comfort that comes with that statement. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Oh, but you said when he brought it home, home. brought the, the Booker's home, yeah. like to here. Yeah, yeah, as a treat. Well, he did bring it home to our home. Yeah. yeah. But you feel at home here. Hopefully you feel at home. When I showed up, he said to make this feel like my home, that's, and I do. So that's what I Th that's what I want you to do. This is the only place I I quit knocking when I get here. I just walk in the door. Hey, this is the atmosphere that I create. Like there's certain people that come through that door on a regular basis, and it's very specific that those people do come through that door for with you know on a regular basis because those are the people that we've chosen to surround ourselves with regularly, and. None of those people should ever have to knock on our door. So that's how I feel. I mean, the, there's a core group of people. I don't. If you knock, I'm. I'm gonna. Look, I'm gonna like. Is there something wrong? Like right. what is, you have said that. Yeah. What? what <laughs> like what is wrong? Shorty has. Uh, you know, nobody else has the code to get in like the keypad because it's never been like necessary. But I would absolutely give you or you. I would give. You know, I would give that code to. But Shorty actually installed them, so he knows what the code is. <laughs> so if he gets here and we're not here, he just punches in the code and he'd be sitting on the couch. <laughs> yeah, Shorty, I, I have to imagine getting to know him a little bit more. He's on par with Barry, where it's like, yeah, what do you need, Barry? I trust you. you oh, have yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. He definitely is that guy. Brief aside. But, yeah. So you look you like were you have a question. somewhere, so I was listening intently. I was. Oh, wait, with, with Shorty and Barry, or with which part of the home? I don't know. Okay. I, I don't, don't know, know where Rob was going. He doesn't even know where All he right, was well, going. Well, actually, we'll return to, but you know, Kenny self-love after no, he threw the diversion of the drink. No, this is not Kenny self-love. This is more about Jeremy, because <laughs> so we, Kenny. we didn't dig into Rob. 
We're not going there. You already said we're going to have two episodes with Jeremy. We are. But yeah. We don't. We didn't. So we're going to dig into Kenny's self love no, for a minute because, you know, maybe it's not Kenny's self love. How about just Kenny? Love thyself. You're kicking ass. No, I. You're having a good time. I am having a good time, dude. It, that it's, I'm having a good time. It's what you everything were saying. Is, everything aside, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying myself. It's a lot. You know, because of like, you know, the regular nine to five that I have going on. And then, you know, I want to be involved in the other stuff. But at some point, it's just like you can't. As Jeremy and I, we were talking about you can't work like 24 hours a day. And, you know, you alluded to that earlier. You have those times um, in the evening. You mentioned during our radio show. That's those are the Jeremy family times. Mm -hmm. And you have to absolutely have that. So. You know, there's that. But there's that element that is you getting into the room, into the spaces, and just creating. Because you have your own radio show now. Yours. Just you. Which was excellent. Because you did the first one. I only got 15 minutes of it. But you did the first one, and it sounded great. You missed the beginning. I know. I missed the beginning. I, the, have... I was, uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was wildly nervous. Not because I was doing a radio show because we do it every week. Like I have no issue with that whatsoever. But I was using uh, I was using a new piece of software that I was not completely familiar with, and one that uh, and Jeremy probably remembers this way back when we started this radio thing. Oh yes, um, one that we Nell and I weren't necessarily having the best luck with. Uh, virtual DJ is mm-hmm. so I was concerned because I just didn't know it was going to work. I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable with the fact that it was going to work because we had some bad experiences with it, uh, which um, you really helped a lot with, and which is why we're using Logic for our radio show, uh, because it was more stable and things like that. But it is, Logic is more work ahead of time because you have to put the tracks together. We're virtual DJ. You can, you're dragging the tracks into the, you know, that kind of stuff like on the fly. You're not really, other than knowing what you're going to play ahead of time, there's not a lot of prep involved in doing it with virtual DJ. Right. So, so I was, I was nervous because I'm like, ah, is this going to work? Is it not going to work? We had bad experiences. So we'll see. I don't want to look like a screw up, <laughs> but it wouldn't have been like, I, everything was set properly. It wouldn't have been my fault. We, I tested it. You know, we like, late at night one night Pete and I tested it where I connected to the server and it connected and all of those things so we did everything we possibly could but you never know until you hit that broadcast button if it's going to work anyway my point though from all of your you keep diverting you know that you're really good at that you like divert did, how did I divert you divert you go into technical things or you find a way to get away from talking about you and how you're starting to flourish yeah as you drink but you're starting to flourish in that creative sense. And I see how people are gathering around you, getting you into the right spaces, the right moments. I, I, crap. I mean, it's even what I was looking at and talking to Nell about a year ago when I said, hey, I've got this podcast idea. Will you sell your husband to me? <laughs> I have I, to I show mean, up and propose to you. Jeez, come I on. I mean, honestly, Honestly, it's it, I feel I feel like I'm just along for the ride for this for this stuff really. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I really really truly do. Um it, it's, <laughs> Nell has just killed it over the past year or so. Not that before that it wasn't, but just over the last year or so and I you think know. you're putting yourself in a good position. I think you're praising your wife. Somebody, rightfully so. Somebody's got to do the laundry and <laughs> things like that. There's a lot of time. I mean, that's just the way it is. This is this is life, right, Jeremy? Because you and your wife, have, you and Tracy have, you know, somebody's working, you know, into the night and somebody else has to pick up the household stuff. Right. And that's, you know, we have the exact same type of deal. So... But things are beginning to flourish in a way where the emphasis is coming on to bringing Kenny into these spaces. Sure. I think you're creative and you just don't want to admit it. I'm not a creative, actually, but... We can have another podcast and we can talk about what is a creative. I would really like to... just kick Kenny out and talk about that. I would like to know what your... I mean, that's true. I would love to know what your thoughts are on what is a creative because I feel like that's a very broad term. Yeah, and that's why I love it because, like, we're all creators... That's really what it is. Yeah. 
we're all creators because there's only one you. True. And so whatever is coming from you, you are always creating because there can only be one you. Whatever that is, right? We call that gifts and talents. We call that passion. We call that purpose. But really what it is is it's, it's your creative. Some people will use like your creative genius or like you're in your flow or, you know, depends on, you know, if you're in a church setting, right? It's gifts and talents. If you're in an entrepreneur sense, like you're in your flow. If you're in an energy space, it's like, this is your passion. And, you know, this is where your soul hits, right? They're all saying the same thing. You're being your own creative, whatever that is. You're being your creative. Like nobody makes 3,000 pounds of coffee in a week like you do. You just told me that this week. There's not a single person in your shop that can do what you do. That's true. That's creative. I can't do it. I can't. And I drink a lot of coffee. I, you shared the amount of coffee you drink <laughs> earlier. It's right. astounding, to be honest with you. I mean, you told me that, yeah, not maybe anymore, but you used to used to drink like two pots before like 10 a.m. Yeah. And I started five. So that's like two pots. That's 2.5 hours. Yeah. For a pot, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good. lot of coffee. That's that's impressive. Yeah, it's yeah. not so bad. The the height of my coffee drinking, I was at like one and a half pots in a 10-hour period. And that's just by 10 a.m. Because I'll still have an afternoon Starbucks at, you know, 20-ounce dark coffee at that, 2, 3 That amount of caffeine, dude. I mean, you've got to have nothing but coffee in those veins. Pretty much. Jeez. You know, it. this actually <laughs> rolled to the... It got the conversation went this so the conversation went this morning. He was talking about like the pots that he drinks, the pots of coffee that yeah. he drinks. Um, Let's clarify yeah, the yeah. pots of coffee <laughs> that he drinks, and then like in the afternoon, you'll you'll like drop a K cup to like for a cup because you need something. It led into, and I want to thank you for this. Oh, you're welcome. Um, that I ordered a mini like Keurig today. Like an hour after that conversation, I ordered one because I, I wanted to take the opportunity before she changed her mind. But because Jeremy said it was okay, I was allowed to get like, so we've had this conversation that I would like, sometimes you just like a cup of coffee in the evening. Do you have that? Do you, I mean, I know I know Jeremy does, but do you Sorry, have that? I mean, uh, my amazement looking at you is, I mean, you are the coffee guy who yeah. has like looked at me when I've said, yeah, we have a K-cup at home. Mm-hmm. And you've looked at me and been like, who's hurt you? Yeah, but that's what you, you, that's your regular mode of drinking coffee, correct? No, God, oh. no. See, that's what I was assuming when you told me that. No, no. So we have one of those like... It's a pot of coffee on one side and a K cup on the uh, other. Jeremy was talking. Yeah, That's the yeah. same thing I have. Yeah, I, so is when, yours a Hamilton Beach? Uh, I couldn't tell you what mine okay. is. It's a thing. Okay, Jeremy's is a Hamilton Beach. It I'm just coffee. curious if you. So maybe, my third one. That's the only reason I know. I but, thought maybe you had the same exact one. Look, the story about how I wound up with this thing is because when my coffee pot broke, which is you know whatever the cheap Black and Decker mm-hmm. or Mister Coffee or whoever it was. Sure. When it broke, I had to go out and get a new one, and my daughter was with me. And I'm looking at all the, you know, just cheap, standard coffee makers, and she's like, oh, this one has a K-cup on it, and we can make hot chocolate with it. We'll take that one. Crap, it's my daughter. We'll take that one. Yeah, exactly. I have one of those, too. Yeah, it's like, you're so cute and precious, and... Damn it! I don't want to spend that much on that, but here we are. There Crap! You, how did I get here? Yeah, there hey, you are. So yeah, I have a K cup thing, and I no, it. I mean, we talked about this where you know sometimes like uh, my father in law is here like on a Saturday or Sunday. We have like we grill, we drink some wine, but then as the evening progresses a little bit, he always kind of looks at me and was like, "You gonna make any coffee?" <laughs> a lot of times, there's like some some like. Residual. pie or cake or dessert or something involved in that. And then, yeah, that's cool. Like, we can make a cup or two or whatever. And, you know, you guys know, you're coffee guys. Like, that's even making a, a cup or two. thing to have coffee yeah. in the evening with a dessert, isn't it? Yeah. Southern? Yeah. Southern. Oh. Neat. I didn't know that. You got lo- roots from uh, Louisiana. I do, yes. Yeah. I do, yes. My, I'm judging my, you. My grandmother was born and raised in Opelousas, Louisiana. Say that again. Opelousas. Wow. Yeah. In the sticks. Perfect. In the sticks. Yeah. She's Cajun 
She was Cajun through and through, but she made amazing gumbo. And I kick myself for being young and not. I kick myself for a lot of things with my grandparents. My, you know, my dad's dad working in the mines, you know, growing up. And then, you know, my grandpa being in World War II, my grandma like being the amazing like Cajun cook that she was that I didn't have more conversations with them because I didn't know to have those conversations. And now I would give anything for that conversation. And obviously it's not going to happen, but yeah. So I do have the roots, but so I ordered not, I ordered a Keurig, like the, the mini, the slim one, you know, nothing fancy so that, you know, when I get home and maybe I'm editing or something and I, I'm not drinking a bourbon that night. I don't know why I wouldn't, but <laughs> I'm not sure either. Maybe I have a cup of coffee. And so we're going to have it's going to be delivered here in a few days. There you go. So I took the opportunity cuz Jeremy convinced Nell it was okay. And I was like, I'm ordering this before Jeremy leaves and she tells me you're absolutely not doing that. <laughs> Kenny, who hurt you? I so I took the opportunity, but yeah, I I've been I, but I'm going to buy some like local coffee, like uh I'm not going to name my. I'm not going to name the competitors because that's that. That would be wrong. We don't want to do that here. East Indies does not. Ha- we don't have K cups, so I can't use East Indies K cups, which we could. Clearly, you, okay. Wait a minute. You buy the recyclable or the reusable K cups because that's what I do. The you're talking about like the my K cup thing. Yeah, the little yeah. like plastic the and but, mesh things. Yeah, but then it's you may as well just brew it in the in the pot because you have to clean it then. That's exactly mm. the way I think. So that's crap. my problem. I, mean, I do take that along when we go. So when we go to Nell's sister's house, she has a Keurig exclusively, just like a regular Keurig. And so I do take uh, a K cup. Now she has them. Now we leave them there, and she has them when we come back. But I just take our own ground coffee along, and we use it when we're there. But part of just making the cup quickly is you don't have to wash anything. Like you no. just throw it away. So. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, I'd outside like to of the hot chocolate at home, it's those reusable K cups I always use with whoever I'm buying coffee from that month. I know, I know, you drink a lot of Sydney coffee. Uh, no, I I've actually got a rotation of things I'm doing mm. now, and you know, East Indies is coming back into that. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I just, I guess I just did name a competitor, but I mean, they're in a completely. Dun, dun, dun. They're in a completely different space than we are. I mean, it's not the same thing. Yeah, you guys are like regional and they're just local. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're not in the uh we're not in the same in the same space, but no. um but for what it's worth, uh they're good people. Um I know <clears throat> them a bit. And not to throw anything at them, but I, they don't have as many like good roast profiles as what East Indies offers. Well, I mean, they're a lot smaller of a company than we are. That, and that's true. And who I have been drinking is actually out in California right now. So, what, which you can say it. I can't remember it. Oh, so no, you can't say it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea. Yeah, it, it was one of those things where it was, oh, okay, I kind of like this individual and their thing. And they made a coffee company it was uh, philip defranco it's whatever his hmm. coffee company is we we have some uh youtubers that we watch uh they're called the their their channel name is the nomadic movement and they're from vermont originally they were van lifers yeah they, they ended up they had a an old ymca bus they were living in <laughs> and they ended up in panama and bought a piece of land on the mountainside in panama and built this like community there. They have there's a couple locals that are like living on the community. It's a it's a farm, and they started a coffee company called the Morning Movement. Um, and it was it's a play on you know, what happens when you drink coffee in the morning. Gets you moving. You, well, you gotta. And go. it gets your bowels moving too, right? I don't have that problem. Oh, don't you? <laughs> no. Oh, I that's do. what happens when you drink lots of coffee. It no longer affects you. Oh. I apparently I need to drink more. Co- I see Jeremy makes me feel better about myself. I thought I drank a <laughs> lot of coffee. I no longer think that. But anyway, they have like I want to try. Uh, I want to get some of their coffee. They do. They're really really cool because they visit the coffee farms in Panama and Costa Rica, and they buy directly from the farms and then roast it right there and sell it. That's so, amazing. 
I would I want to get get like some of their coffee because like that's a really really cool thing and some of their videos are like from coffee farms and things like that it's like man that's really really cool they're literally doing business directly with the family that is doing all the work that's really really cool so anyway that's a side. I don't know how we got here. A long and circuitous route. As how did always. we get here? We were talking about Jeremy, and we ended up. Look, you can answer coughing. that in like two weeks after you've edited this episode. I don't know how. We, but to how toss we things here. back to Jeremy, you, in a lot of ways, and we established this, have been kind of connected into enticing media pretty early on. Not at the beginning, but early on. And I, I guess. Kind of one of the things I want to toss at him. We've never done this before. When you say when you say him, who Jeremy? Jeremy. Or me? Okay, I, I'm looking at you because I'm about to throw us. That's under why the bus. I was confused as to who you were talking <laughs> I mean, about here. Yeah, so I, I guess I kind of want to. We've never done this before, but and I'm I frightened I, at this point. Yeah, I know. Me too. What 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 are you? Where, where are you going? I don't know. But <laughs> they're both shaking go. a little bit in the room. Just I, I, all I the just, listeners know. Yeah, I mean. You're involved in a lot of things, and I mean, the way that Kenny has been interacting with you since I've even walked into the house has been like, you are this big figure. <laughs> <laughs> you chuckle at that, okay. <laughs> uh, but in a lot of ways, you've been influential pretty early on with enticing media, even with the Drunk Squirrel, the radio show. So I guess the the bits I would toss and ask towards you right now is, Having been here for, I guess you came in what yesterday, Thursday, 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 Thursday. Ah, a couple of days. Yeah. As you've been witnessing what has been, what is the rising enticing media and the drunk squirrel and on the road and uh, flip flops and beer and everything that is is growing here. Uh, what would be your feedback? What would be your observations or thoughts or you know, as Kenny? at the very beginning of all of this was like, oh, I, I feel like I'm compensating or, you know, how's our equipment compared to <laughs> your equipment? equipment? <laughs> you know, <laughs> breaking out the tape measure. Where are you at? What are your thoughts? What do you, what do you got? I know. I said this was going to be one of those, I don't know, exact questions, but here <laughs> yeah. we are. It's, you know, it's a really good question. Um, a loaded question for sure. Yeah. Sorry about that. <clears throat> that's, that's okay. I love it. Um, I think the, one of the things that I really know, and I think the beautiful thing is, is like a lot of my growth is part of, is, is in parallel to what their growth looks like. And I'm just going to say their growth because enticing media is them, Kenny and now because of all of the things coming together. Um, and I think the one thing that I see is constant growth constant awareness and never settling and and they are the epitome and the example of what i think is the most important which is persistent consistency mm. they're relentless in the pursuit of where they're headed i like that persistence consistency yes yeah and i i think they they embody everything that's about that so i have no doubt about about what their success will look like. Um, and I think that one thing that I enjoy about the conversations that I continually have with both of them is they're not afraid. They have direction, but they don't think they have it all figured out. Mm. Um, and I think that that's one thing that I've experienced many times talking to other entrepreneurs is many people think they have it all figured out. And what, you know, we spent yesterday all day in an event it was a business kind of summit so to speak um and around a lot of very successful business owners and entrepreneurs and some that are kind of startups and in some place kind of all gamuts of the journey you know and the people at the top will tell you we're still learning we're still growing um yes we just we did all of those things and we made all of those mistakes and so Kenny and Nell are putting themselves like you alluded to earlier in rooms in spaces and allowing that growth to happen and continue to happen. And, you know, I, I chuckled about your seeming like a big figure, um, for two reasons. One is that's like the third time I've had that 
comment and or experience since I've been here. <laughs> and it does start to feel a little weird. Uh, Two, okay, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. There are times that you talk about, or sorry, not you, but they talk about you. Yeah. And I semi expect to walk into this room with like a little idol of you <laughs> and incense and like, oh, hey, oh well, we have a lot of incense. Me. Yes. I mean, the incense has nothing to do with Jeremy, but we do burn a lot there's of a, There's they a do. little bit of how you hero worship Jeremy. I kind of expect that. Sorry. I well, mean, thank you. Here's the second part of that um, is I have a hard time, just like Kenny did earlier in this episode, receiving that. Um, I am getting better at knowing that I do bring a lot of value to a lot of people, um, but it's because I care. And I'm maybe overly humble about it. And I'm not very good at being like, thank you. I hear you. I'm going to receive that because that makes me feel good to know that people are seeing what I'm doing and think it's also good and think it's attractive and think it's important to spend time with me or in my presence or whatever that means. I'm, I only say that because like, I'm truly humbled to, you know, I was in the presence of literally a billionaire yesterday and all he wanted to do was sit and look me eye to eye and have a conversation like two grown men. Hmm. And he made me feel more present than I probably ever have felt with another human being. That's really cool. And he's way beyond where I'm at at this point, but definitely the kind of person and man I aspire to be. You surround yourself with the correct people. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. When this all started, when the whole enticing media thing started, I did not know. I am so, I am educated on being around the correct people now, and I did not know that. And just being around the 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 correct people to learn learn from that you can be you can learn from people just by being around them mm-hmm. just by how they conduct themselves or just the top the types of conversations that they have or the types of people that they surround themselves with i've learned so much on the outside i feel like looking in and and watching nell's relentless pursuit of and it is relentless pursuit of I'm going to make this work. And I, you know, I'll give a shot. I'll give a lot of props to Nell's father also, uh, because he, they, they are very similar. They are, she got a lot from her father because there was a time he grew up right here in Lebanon that there's not a lot of this type of stuff going on, like people trying to run media companies and doing that kind of stuff. Because people look at you like, what? It, you know, it's easy to get self-conscious in these little small towns because people look at you like you're doing something foreign and what, what are you doing? Like, are you literally wasting your time? And he, like, way back when, he did the same thing to where he was going to get into computers, he was going to write software, he was going to write code, things like that, and there was no way he was going to accomplish that in Lebanon, in here in this little small town. Things are different now because we have, you know, internet. I mean, you know, it, you can work from anywhere at this point, right? You know, if you're doing these types of things. But at that point, like, you couldn't. So he uprooted his entire family, moved them to a big city, and you know, because I was going to make this work and he had a chip on his shoulder the whole time and made it work, built their house down there. That was $200,000 at the time back in like the, the nineties or whatever it was. And was like, shit, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this, but I'm good. But this is where we are because I don't want to, I don't want to live in like a bad area anymore and have my, have my daughters grow up there. And scratched and clawed and built to the point where he's one of the most successful people that I've ever been around. And I see a lot of Nell. I see a lot of him in Nell. 
And, you know, so hopefully he listens to this and will know that I genuinely mean that. And I also genuinely mean, um, you know, I'll be eternally grateful for meeting Jeremy and the friendship and what we're building here together, what we all are building here together. And, uh, yeah, that's what I got. Those are my nuggies. Don't ask for more nuggies of wisdom because I just gave them to you. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to add to that, actually, because I actually had the chance when we were in Florida earlier this year to meet Randy, Nell's father. Yeah, Randy, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I would agree. And what so opening, smart, very amazing to be around, and I'm grateful as well. Yeah, I, I got to draw out. I, every time that I have interacted with Randy and Jill, it's been amazing because Jill's always the one up front kind of yeah. kind of bragging almost about who Randy is. It's the same thing I do about now. That's why it's yeah. hard for me to accept anything towards myself because I I have – the admiration that I have for Nell is almost it's because it's, of it's unheard of. of yeah. The admiration that I have for Nell is, you know, is something. Wives are amazing. I think we can yeah. state that. Yes. Just well, Jeremy stated earlier this morning that you know how awesome Tracy is, and like he how he we call it out kicking your coverage. <laughs> I know I did. But there's something that I want to draw out even a little bit from what you were saying. Uh, you, you said you had a meeting with a billionaire last night, mm-hmm. and he just wanted to meet with you, you know, eye to eye, connecting as individuals. And I think there's actually an incredibly powerful piece to that uh, with just being able to look at someone who you might recognize as famous or a billionaire or bigger than who you are and just say, hey, you know, I might know you, but what's your name? That is is a handshake and an introduction and just allowing that person to be recognized as an individual over everything you might know about them mm-hmm. otherwise. Right. Uh, and, and stupidly, I, I've said this before, I grew up in Pittsburgh and I knew that was a piece because of who my father is, who my parents are, and how they raised me of when you are introduced to someone, it doesn't matter what you know about them. It matters who they are as an individual. And I, I think that's just what you presented and we're, we're speaking to is it matters to who you are as an individual. Not everything that may be known about you, not everything that might be findable on Wikipedia or the internet or at TMZ or you just you know pick and choose whatever horror story you want so uh, yeah. yeah well you know this was you have you were gonna say no something, I mean Jeremy. you guys summarized the whole episode in yeah. the last 10 minutes I'm pretty sure of it yeah I, I definitely think that I think we're gonna wrap this thing up I was just about to mention that say, we, I think we're we just crested what? an hour we just crested an hour we just so. crested an hour so right. I think this is a good time to <laughs> to Bring it all in. Yeah. Bring it all in. So, but yeah, in summary, Jeremy, thank you for being on this episode. Uh, I think we need episode two. We can, you know, if you're not in town, we can do it by Zoom or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, But I want to give Jeremy the opportunity to, where can people find you? Where can they find your music? Where can they find you as a, we didn't even dig into the fact that you're an author, The Road to 99, your (laughs) book, which I've read, um, which is amazing, which sits on my nightstand. Sorry, I got to admit that one is on the reading list, but it's a little bit further down right now. So, but where can people connect with Jeremy Schreifels? You know, I'm on all of the social media platforms. If you search Jeremy Schreifels, I'm not the guy who lives in D.C. and is the environmentalist. <laughs> I'm not that Jeremy Schreifels. I'm the other one. Um, you can find my book and a little more about me at roadto99.com. That's a simple way to get there. Um, if you want to find my music, everything, you can search my name on Spotify. That's probably the simplest, easiest way. Um, if you actually pay for your music, I would love it if you bought it on Apple iTunes. But let's be real. Most people stream. So I would love the point zero zero three um, cents <laughs> of your stream. 
I'm always grateful and appreciative, especially thank you, Rob, for putting it on your workout playlist. I'm sorry. It's only point zero zero three, man. That's <laughs> it's insane. So thank you guys for both having me on the show today. This is an amazing experience. I'm going to do well. Thank you for being on the show. First yeah, off, I, I'm going to do my best to link some things also in the show notes and also do my best on Facebook. You know, I know Facebook does not like links, but we'll see what we can jump, like pop into the comments to see if it doesn't like get our post buried too far. If we post too many links, cause I know Facebook will kill it if we post too many links. Um, but I will, you know, we will certainly, uh, you know, show people the direction to get to your music, to your book, The Road to 99, which I, I've personally read, Nell has read, uh, we enjoy. So, yeah. So, thank you for being here, Jeremy. It has been an amazing conversation. I appreciate it. And I do look forward to what will be another round of this. Absolutely. It, I mean, at the rate we're going, it's going to be season two, but... Yeah. It's going to be well worth it. And we can get get Jeremy back into town for season two. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. So I, now I have I, another reason to come back. That's right. Yeah. So, well, and you always have a place to stay here. So Perfect. It's better than what we originally proposed at waking him up at five in the morning with microphones. So Yeah. yeah. Not good. Like in the bed, like holding it over the bed. <laughs> good morning, Jeremy. How are you? <laughs> That would have been weird. He might have let. He might have. He might be <laughs> staying at the Fairfield Inn. I mean, I would totally be cool because I would have been already awake. Yeah. Well, see, and True. we would have just need to offer a pot of coffee to him. And we're we're mutual early risers, so you know. Y- you guys are monsters. All right, Sorry. this is the first home I've been in in a while where somebody has been awake before me. It feels a little weird, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I'm going to be honest. I woke up at 10 a.m. this morning and went, "Nope, I don't want to do it." Wow. I woke up at 6.30 and thought I was late. You're a monster. <laughs> I hit 6.45. I'm like, dang, Kenny's been up for a while, I bet. It's not true. I was only up for about 15 minutes at I that point. I felt guilty. So. I'm not going to lie. I felt guilty. I'm like, he's drinking coffee by himself. And then I'm like, wait a minute. That's Kenny's morning time. No, you, I don't want to steal that from him. It's interesting because I felt guilty because I thought you were already awake and you didn't have <laughs> coffee to drink. So we were both thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, the coffee's not ready because I didn't pre-set it the night before to run in the morning. And I'm like, oh, Jeremy's probably out there like on his phone or laptop or whatever, and he doesn't have a cup of coffee. I, I need to get out there. So This Uh-oh. is what good Uh-oh. friends do for people. We so. are in trouble. We are oh, Nell is out of scotch. Nell is out of scotch. Yeah, we're, we're wrapping this up right now, so we're good. So hi, Nell. <laughs> hi, pro- hi, producer Nell. Okay, we're wrapping it up. Anyway, Jeremy, again, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Drunk Squirrel podcast. We'll see you again in two weeks. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Drunk Squirrel. No need to pay a tab. Just be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and drop us a line at drunksquirrel82 at gmail.com. Cheers.